0: Welcome to Career Revisionist with Dr. Grace Lee, dedicated to doers, dreamers, and realists who want more success and satisfaction in their life. This podcast is about answering one question How can you build a fulfilling career where it's all about doing work you love and growing your income without sacrificing your values? And here's your host, she is a minimalist obsessed with cleaning and organizing, Dr. Grace Lee. My name is Grace and I admit that I am obsessed with cleaning and organizing. <laughs> so it sounds like this podcast is going to be about people who have obsessions with strange things. But, you know, it's interesting when I hear people use the word obsess or obsession, it's usually implied towards the negative, you know, that being obsessed with something is not good for you or that it's going to introduce some negative outcomes in your life. But, you know, I, I disagree. I think obsessions can be as a highly positive thing because it depends on what you're obsessed with. And for me, cleaning and organizing is just one thing that I am utterly obsessed with. But the result of that, the outcome of that is that in my life, I am I have clarity. In my life, I have organization, I have structure, and I meet all my goals. And that's because I have a habit of cleaning and organizing and if you've had the uh, the privilege I hope it is privilege anyway to visit me in my home you'll see that there is a place for everything everything's in its place I love straight lines and I like to organize and I have my own systems of organizing all of my possessions and I don't think so in this case I don't I mean, it doesn't hurt anyone and it definitely has set me up for some of the success that I've had. I mean, outside of because before I owned my first home, I was already obsessed with cleaning and organization, or organizing because, because for me, whatever space that I was in, whether it was my university dormitory or these basements I used to rent while I was still a student, it was my space. It was a space for me to be creative, to be innovative, to learn, to grow as an individual. And so being obsessed with cleaning and organizing really helped me to take things to the next level. So today, the podcast, today's episode of Career Revisionist, I want to talk about lifelong learning. And here's another obsession for you. Get obsessed with being a lifelong learner. Be, get obsessed with being a learner. And that obsession, will carry you really far and and you don't need to be good at school to be a lifelong learner you don't need to be a student or have that experience of going to university to be a lifelong learner because it is a lot more than doing well on an exam or being prepared to to have teachers praise you or to get an a or an a plus on your transcript or your or your your report card it's more than that being a lifelong learner is not just is, is not that at all actually So I want to I want to go over. So today I wanted to talk about how to be a lifelong learner. And this is like, again, these are from my perspectives of how I how I started. And and I'll share with you how I started that even without knowing this term of lifelong learning, uh, even even though I I didn't have an awareness or, or I wasn't conscious about what I was doing. But now that, you know, I'm older and I'm no longer a student. Retrospect when I look back on the way that I had organized my life and the way that I had had approached the mindset of learning, uh, that's what I'm going to share with you today. So let me start by talking about learning. I mean, if you're if you're learning, I mean, learning is the verb, and and the noun is learner. You know, so you're a learner, and there are really three types of learners, right? The first type is those who approach learning like a job you know, where you have to do it, you just got to work hard on it and just work hard. And it's your job to do so. So there's this, this sense of duty or responsibility, right? So the second type of learner are those who approach learning like a hobby, you know, where oh you a hobby is something that you would partake in that activity, if you had the time for it, or if you just needed to get away from your routine, and you wanted to do something you found fun, but you know it, that it's just a hobby and it's not your main thing because you need to, you have other responsibilities that are more pressing, right? So that's how we approach hobbies. And the third type of learner are those who treat learning seriously as a way to compound time. And here's what I mean by that. Compounding time means that well, on on one hand you're productive, right? And productivity means that all the activities that you're doing, you're choosing to do are moving you closer to your worthwhile and your meaningful goals right so if you're compounding time it means that you're taking that productivity and you are choosing activities strategically in your life choosing actions that you're taking strategically in your life and the activities you choose not only get you closer to your meaningful goals but they help you to do so in less time than if you chose other activities you know for example right so you're taking learning seriously it's not a hobby it's not a job it is a serious activity and it's a way that you can quantum leap to that success and that personal achievement that you desire right so those are the three types of learners so i encourage you to you know maybe think about these three types and without judgment just for yourself think about you know which one are you which which one are you and and if you're if you're listening to this podcast right now and you you know i encourage you to you know send me a comment go to itunes you know com go to itunes or, or on com i'm also available on other android platforms as well so subscribe to my podcast and give me a comment on this on the show notes for this episode and let me know which which learner are you you know, and um, I read every single one of them. So your and your reviews are very important to me. So give me a comment. I'd love to hear from you. Which type of learner are you? Right. All right. So the goal to learning, the goal of learning is really to improve by concentrating on things that you haven't mastered yet and learning from your mistakes as soon as possible. Right. Because the goal of learning is really mastery. It's not about knowing. And this is the thing that most people, you know, when you're, when, you're, when you're so used to associating learning with school, with exams and college and university, you know, that type of a mindset is about learning to know, know what I have to know for the exam, know what I need to know to do well in this course. So that I can study what I need to study so that I can major in this or so that I can be competitive for the career in the future, right? So, the, so all along in the education system, we are programmed, we're conditioned to think that the purpose of learning is to know, right? Because we need, to, we need to know certain things. You know, our professors, our teachers say that you need to know this, it's going to be on the exam. You need to know this because it's going to be necessary for you if you want a job doing this. But I'm here to say, and this is going to take it and I kind of like turn things upside down for you, I know. But the purpose of learning is not to know. The purpose, the true purpose of learning is mastery. Right? So if you concentrate on things that you haven't mastered yet, you learn from your mistakes as soon as possible. So if you want to be a lifelong learner, you have to be an action taker and committed to produce better results. Right? Because your outcomes are produced from the actions that you take persistently. And persistence is really a state of mind. And to get there, you need to develop the right habits. So that's what I wanted to focus on today. and How to be a lifelong learner, right? So today I'm going to give you the five habits of a lifelong learner. And these are habits that I realized in retrospect, you know, that I had adopted quite early on in my life, you know, during during high school, I had started to adopt adopt these habits and I didn't even realize I was doing it yet. Right, and so now I've you know with greater self awareness than I did when I was fourteen or seventeen or nineteen, right? With greater self awareness, I have reverse engineered what I did, and I've found a way to articulate why I have been able to do what I have done in my career. You know, the reinvention, the 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 success and the and the achievements that I've had, the meaningfulness that I've that I've uh, that I'm so grateful for, and I'm now articulating the habits that I've developed and imparting them to you. So if you're listening to this podcast and you want to take notes, I encourage you to take notes as well. Okay, so I'm going to give you the five habits of a lifelong learner. The first habit is to seek new challenge. You know, and This is where seeking new challenges is being ded- dedicated to improving yourself by seeking new challenges in your life and your career. And for me, what I did was I really develop rituals to tackle new challenges. And the rituals are very important because each challenge is going to be different depending on which ones you encounter that are that interest you and that inspire you to to take on that challenge, they're going to they're going to require different skill sets. They're going to require a a certain attitude, they're going to require certain resources, right? But in all challenges, regardless of what type of challenge you encounter the intensity of the challenge the difficulty level of it if you develop a ritual on how you tackle challenges and you do it by setting aside dedicated time and space each day to improve something or learn something those rituals will carry you very far instead of just tackling it without tackling it just you know just and and just saying i'm just going to go do it if you develop a ritual around it it becomes a habit rather than a chore So approaching it, and this is what I mean, it means that it means that you're approaching your new challenges with purpose. And you're approaching it free of distractions and fully engaged. And you're practicing and reviewing whatever it is that the challenge requires to help you master a subject. And then you repeat and you repeat and you rinse and repeat. Because repetition is what will help you transfer that knowledge from short term memory to long term memory. And and, he, and and it's not just about and it's not just it's not just in in exams because I realize I remember when I was in university and I was taking calculus, grasping calculus concepts, especially if you're doing it for the first time, is really, it, it, you know, it takes time. They're new. You wonder how it applies to life when you're doing it, but at the same time, you you know, it was a challenge that that I want to undertake and it was part of the curriculum, the education curriculum as well. But the one thing that helps in mathematics is repetition. If you repeat, if you repeat questions that you, you know, that you already grasp the concepts of them, you, you already know the theory behind them, but you're just not fluent in it yet. Then repetition, doing those same types of questions over and over again until you develop that muscle that is what will transfer them into long-term memory. And so I've taken that concept that learning from mathematics and I have and I've applied it to life. Right? And I used to and I and I remember during during starting in high school and university as well, I always go, I always entered into math competitions. And it's I never wanted to be a mathematician and I didn't and my my major in university did not require Calculus beyond first uh, first year, but for me this was a worthwhile challenge, you know, because it also required me to have discipline to get better at it. So I always did that. I always gave myself this challenge, and I would enter the math competitions, you know, uh, provincial competitions, and, and I took it. All, I took this to a, a really big, a whole new level. And when I was preparing for the competition, that competitions, I realized that that was my 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 strategy, my tactic was to develop a ritual around it. And here's how I did it. Now I'm giving you my secret on, on how, to, how to do well in math. <laughs> but for those questions that I understood, the, where I understood the theory behind it, that's where the, the tactic there is to focus on repetition. Repetition will get me faster and faster at it as well. So it t- saves time on the exam. And for those questions, that, that, that question types that I found difficult, because I didn't quite grasp the concept yet, then I would spend more time in, on it. And my goal there was to grasp the concept, right? And I might, and and that's the thing though, because when you're studying for these exams, I mean, one semester is about three months. You don't have the time to get awesome at all types of questions. So then I focus my time on understanding those concepts, concepts more so that on the exam, I can make sure I get full marks for that. And then for the ones that I already understand the concepts, my goal for that is repetition. So I get faster at it. And on the exam, I'm faster at it, which buys more time for the questions I find more difficult. Right. So repetition. So taking applying this concept that I just that I shared with you, my strategy for doing for getting A's, straight A's all the time in math and calculus, was that was the approach was repetition. And you you can apply that, you can apply that to life as well. The quicker you go through enough repetitions, the quicker you can commit it to long-term memory. And that's when you reach something called unconscious competence. It's when you don't even need to use any conscious resources to be good at something. You're competent at it. And with competence, it builds confidence, right? You have a lot more confidence in your skills, in yourself, in your abilities, when you develop that competence through repetition. And if it helps, I mean, you can treat it like a game. You know, why, why do we love video games so much, card games, board games, whatever games that you enjoy playing, why do you love them so much? because there's challenges associated with it. And you find those challenges entertaining, rewarding, inspiring, whatever that, whatever that feeling is for you, 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 you're interested in it and it's captivating. It gives you a challenge. When you complete that challenge, you're successful. It gives you this satisfaction and it's a very quick win. So you can treat your challenges in life and in your career, like a game as well. Find a way Find a way to make it interesting for you. Find a way to make it captivating for you. And that's how you can, and and that's how you do it is introducing gamification. Okay. So habit number two is humble self-reflection. This is where you think deeply about what you've learned, you know, build in these periods where you review your progress, you know, review periods into your learning. So you don't, so that you don't forget it because I mean, neuroscience has shown that information is actually quite quickly forgotten after you've learned something for the first time, very quickly, like within a day, you start to forget things unless review it, unless you review it, right? Because if you don't review it, your skills, the new skills you've learned by embarking on that challenge, they will decay unless you practice them. Right. And so the way to do that, and this is something that I've, I've, I've practiced throughout my life as well, is to observe how other people learn and model the behavior of the best learners that you know. And so in, in college, I deliberately befriended people who were really good in the subject matters, right? I mean, sometimes, you know, when you're in, in your bachelor's degree, first year, second second year, we're all freshmen, you know, we all just graduated high school and now you're in in college. And so I was in a city that was new to me, never lived there before. And I was in a completely new environment. I didn't know anybody. So socially, you know, I want to make friends because I don't want to be alone. I don't want to feel lonely. And I want people to count on. I want people in my social circle and I want to have friends. So I deliberately, and this was strategic, I deliberately sought out people who were really good at the subject matter. You can tell in the classroom, you can tell who they are. It's really obvious. And and so I sought them out and I befriended them. And, you know, we study together, we are each other's accountability partners. And throughout the throughout our degree, we we ended up majoring in the same, you know, in biochemistry, we're all major in biochemistry. And throughout the whole undergraduate degree we would not only study together but we would have these friendly competitions of who did better on the exam (laughs) and it was really helpful because you're you know I've created this space for myself in the network of friends where it was all around people who were interested and good at learning right so observe how other people learn find some of the best learners out there and learn from them and adopt some of their practices and find ways to test yourself throughout the learning process. And this will definitely measure the depths that you've taken on this new knowledge, right? And one good way to assess how well you have internalized the new knowledge is to see if you can teach it to somebody else. And as you teach while you're teaching, you're actually continuing to learn because teaching also forces you to look at a concept with a beginner's mind, which can improve your own clarity and your own insight. So when you teach, you're truly motivated to learn the material because you know, you want to ensure that you're giving proper instruction to someone else. So with that responsibility and that duty, that, you know, that attitude of responsibility, then you'll learn the material because you want to make sure that what you're teaching, you're fact checking it and that you know your stuff and you that you appear as as a confident authority. So that's one thing that another thing that I had done as well through, you know, through high school and, and in university every time, well, in high school anyway, there's less choices for you because, you know, you're you're not as independent as you are when you're in college. But what I did was I always look for opportunities where if there was an assignment given to me where it required a presentation in front of the classroom or some sort of some sort of speaking or presentation, I would inject in there opportunities for me to teach new concepts. Right. And that would challenge me to become a better learner at that particular subject so that I can teach it in, in, in an ethical way, right? And carry that onto your career as well. If you're in a job, you're, if you're in a position that requires, you know, team meetings, project meetings, um, meetings with supervisors or, or with team members, right? Inject, find opportunities for you to teach a certain subject matter. And that will really help you to also gain clarity on that subject too. Habit number three is to solicit feedback. Listen to what people have to say and look for feedback on your own performance and behavior. And this is where you give them, you know, you give them permission to be completely honest with you. And so while as you do that, don't take criticism personally, because it might be a pointer to your shortcomings and a way of learning from your mistakes. Because This is effective learning and effective learning requires that it requires your active participation. When when you're talking to experts or someone who can give you feedback, ask them questions, ask them for feedback. When they give you feedback, ask questions. Why did you feel that way? How how are what are your suggestions on how can I improve if you if they don't know is can you point me in the direction of someone you might know who's good at X, Y and Z? And so that I can contact them and, and, and learn from them. Because being a lifelong learner is not about being able to come up with the right answers. It's more about asking the right questions. Because whenever you ask a different question, you get a different outcome. So ask questions from people who you've appointed to give you feedback. And let them know that they, can, they have free reign on giving you feedback on whatever area, every, whatever area they see fit. And not to take it personally. So feedback. Oh, sorry, uh, habit number four is careful listening. It's easy to miss learning opportunities when your viewpoint is different from other people, and you focus on what you're going to say to defend your perspective instead of listening. So instead of that approach, you know, you know, have you ever been in a conversation? For example, yeah, have you ever have you ever been in a conversation where? they' You're talking the other person's talking, and as the other person's talking, say they're going on to they're going on to a narrative that's a, that's several minutes long, and as they're talking, they're saying things where it kind of like you you disagree with it or you feel strong emotions about what they're saying, and you just can't wait to interject and you're just kind of formulate. You're trying to formulate answers, how you going to res- respond to that to defend your position or to, or to vocalize that you disagree with something they said. And as you're doing this mentally, you're not, you're not paying attention to what they're saying and you miss learning opportunities that way, right? Because anytime someone is saying something, you never know what they say could be an important learning opportunity for you. So, practice making an emotional connection with the other person by truly listening and asking questions and checking for your own understanding and seek to understand why their viewpoint is important to them. I mean, it's okay for you to have strong emotions, you know, from it and for you to disagree and for you to want to formulate and articulate a response to that. But it doesn't mean, but seeking to understand their viewpoint doesn't mean that you agree or endorse what they're saying. Instead, if you offer your perspective as an alternative view, while also learning about other ways to think about the issues and why people believe what they do, then the side effect to this approach is that it'll also help you to build meaningful relationships in addition to learning different perspectives. So one thing I I credit, you know, I, I mean, those of you who follow me on my, on my YouTube channel, you will have heard that I did my master's degree abroad in the UK. I was at the University of Edinburgh and one of the biggest advantages of going abroad to do my, to do my degree was that it gave me perspectives from different cultures. I got to see how other people do things halfway across the world and that was a learning opportunity that was so valuable to me, even to this day. And it, and that's the thing is because, and if you pay if you pay attention to what people say, and you listen to them, you're, you're, you're carefully listening to them, actively actively listening to them. There's learning opportunities that you wouldn't even know that you wouldn't even predict predict could be there. Right. So practice careful listening, and those could be there could be moments of wisdom and learning there that you could apply to every aspect of your life. Habit number five is to embrace curiosity. A curious mind is really a receptacle for learning, right? So of course, and this is probably not new, not new, and it's probably common sense, but to be a lifelong learner, you want to read widely and read very often. And so let me give you an example. I have a ritual, a habit, where every single day I commit to read at the very least 10 pages of something, right? Of course, I have a long reading list. I have a lot of books at home, ebooks as well. I love ebooks. And I read at least 10 pages a day. Of course, there are many days, there are days where I read a lot more than 10 pages, but at the very minimum, 10 pages a day. Because here's, here's the thing, let's assume that the average book is 200 pages. If you read only that, the minimum 10 pages every day, Then in one year, you know, I could read 20 books or 18 books, assuming the average book is 200 pages. And some books are not even that long. Some are longer, but, you know, the average in one year, you know, 15 to 20 books a year, every single year. And think about how much you would, how much you would learn and read in a lifetime. So being a prolific reader, I mean, I'm sure this is not the first time you heard it, but lifelong learners are also prolific readers. Anything you can get your hands on that could broaden your mind, that could that could de- deepen your knowledge on a subject area, that could introduce you to a new subject area. So keep a list of things that you want to explore. And before you jump right into an area, spend some time researching topics and keeping notes on what that next thing is for you. And this is another thing that I have is, so I use, I use OneNote. I love OneNote. And I have a note on OneNote, all on that is book summaries. So I, have a, I write a ton of book summaries of books that I read. And in those book summaries, you know, I I, I do a, I do an electrical, like a screenshot of the cover of the book. And that's my introduction of the book summary. And then I write pages of, you know, summarizing key concepts, key implementations of that, of the book that I read. And as I'm doing this, as, I, as I'm practicing this, I'm exercising this. At the same time, my mind is spinning on what what am I going to read next? You know, what am I going to get my hands on next? Cuz that, you know, I don't I don't want to have any any gaps between finishing one thing and having, you know, having needing to have a gap of not learning anything new, right? So I'm always thinking and 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 I'm more I'm reading more than one book at once. Definitely I have bookmarks in more than one book at once, right? But I commit to 10 pages a day. And so, while I'm reading it, and, and these books are on different subjects, different subject areas, different expertise, different authors, you know, they're different industries even. And, and so while'm I'm, while I'm reading this, I'm trying to formulate for myself what the, what the next thing is going to be. right? So this is me approaching my life with the wonderment of childhood, you know and, I, and, and I'm approaching it from, you know, as a child, I was a very curious person. I would always be the one the annoying little girl that always asks "Why, why, why and so that that's wonderment and many many folks they lose that into their into their adulthood, but that curiosity is important because it's a receptacle for learning. so take take that wonderment you had as a child and approach your adulthood with that same wonderment and feel free to be inquisitive and ask questions like "How and what and why all the time. Now, and another thing is to look for alternative ways to do things or to solve problems. That inquisitive mind is really important. I mean, it was Einstein who said that asking questions and imagination is more important than intelligence itself. Let me say that again. Einstein said that asking questions and imagination is more important than intelligence. Isn't that something? When society, as a society, we tend to believe that intelligence being smart being a genius that's where it's at those people are going to be successful einstein was like the epitome the poster person for intelligence and genius and he was saying that his ability and his willingness to ask questions and to use his imagination was more it served him more than his intelligence and it's so true and i've noticed this to be true in my life as well And this is the thing, another habit, and I'll share with you a habit that I have for myself is into adulthood, I always ask why. I'm always so curious. And and sometimes I lead with that. I'm curious, why this? You know, I I, I lead with that as well. And I have a habit of, if, if there's something I'm not understanding, I seek to understand it. And one way that, one really effective way that I find works for me to understand something is asking why five times. Sometimes you ask why the first time you ask why and they give you an answer, it still doesn't satisfy. You take their answer and you ask another why. Then they answer you and then you ask why again. And when you do this, five levels deep asking why, the last time they answer, the fifth on the fifth time they answer why, it gives you so much more clarity. Yeah, and in addition, in that conversation, you get to formulate your own emotions on it. You get to formulate your own ideas and your own opinions on it you get to have you get to you know you get to explore your own insights on it and it's just a very valuable practice that i've had and it has allowed me asking why five times you know this this practice of it has really allowed me to connect with people from so many different backgrounds educational backgrounds work backgrounds and it's also you know it has also allowed me to learn much more widely than I ever could if I was just one-dimensionally trying to read books and trying to read articles, you know. This is like, you know, four-dimensional. You're asking why and people are responding. Or you can ask why, even if you're sitting by yourself and you're in front of the computer and you're researching a subject and you're going down this, you're going down this article on answering the first question you had. And as you're reading the article, you can definitely have more questions and you can say, why is that? And then you go down that rabbit hole a little bit and you answer that question. And then you can ask again, why is that? And that exercise, you know, that practice of exercise, being curious also works your muscle for creativity and innovation. So I hope that was helpful. That was like, so these are my five habits of being a lifelong learner. I hope you found that inspirational and definitely not, not too much of a, of, a, of a chore for you because really when you, when you, connect it with subjects that are of interest to you or subjects that you have always been curious about and but you didn't have enough information to know whether or not it would be worthwhile of your time go and explore that give yourself that permission to do it and and know and trust that it's going to be time well spent so if you like this content i want to encourage you to subscribe to my podcast career vision's Career Revisionist Podcast. Just go to the show notes. There's a link there, careerrevisionist.com. And at that link, you'll find other platforms where you can subscribe to my podcast if you you want to use iTunes or other Android platforms as well. Choose your favorite platform at that website, careerrevisionist.com. Also, if you're so inclined, feel free to follow me on YouTube. My channel name is Grace Lee PhD. So that's my YouTube channel. I release every a new video, every single week, twice a week on that channel. And I might be upping that in the future and reducing or er, introducing more videos as well. So my video content, I talk about topics uh, related to career, academia, academia and education, and also growing your income. So that is my YouTube channel, Grace Lee PhD. I look forward to seeing you there. And also, answering your questions as well. And if you have questions, again, leave them for me in a review on iTunes or on the Android platforms. And I'm happy to pull out your questions. I will love to address questions from my listeners as well. And I look forward to hanging out with you in my next podcast.